You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Get out your paper Bibles and let's go over and your glowy screens and everything else. And I want you to go with me over to the book of Mark, chapter 2. In Mark chapter two, I want you to read along with me. It says this, if I could bring it up here and on the screens, Mark chapter two. It says, a few days later when Jesus had entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. He was in the house. And they gathered in such, look at it, large numbers. I just said people everywhere. Why? Because they heard that, that Jesus was in the house. He was close. I think this changed a little bit. Um, and because Jesus was in the house, they, they came from everywhere. They just wanted to be around. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And then some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd, they they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And watch this. When Jesus saw... One, two. When Jesus saw their faith, tell your neighbor, say, he saw their faith. Come on, he saw their faith. 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 When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. I think it's so interesting because you're thinking to yourself, here's this paralyzed man in front of Jesus. And of course what Jesus is gonna do is have him get up and walk out of there, right? Like that's, that's you're thinking why they brought him to Jesus. But Jesus sees things so different than we do. Jesus sees things on a, on a spiritual plane. And what this guy needed more than walking physically and being healed physically is he needed to be healed spiritually. There's something happening inside of his life that needed to be to be healed. And so Jesus goes to the root of the problem and heals him spiritually. And then it tells us some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who could forgive sins but, but God alone? And Jesus is kind of making the point, right? I am God. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, knowing, knew in their spirit what they were saying and thinking of their hearts, he said to them, why are you thinking these things? What is easier to say to the paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. We have never seen anything like this before. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Listen, I wonder if we could have some faith to see the things that these friends saw in the life of their friend, the paralyzed friend. They had some faith. There's a certain kind of faith though. 
It's a faith that got this guy to Jesus. It's a faith that worked through some obstacles. It's a faith that put this man in front of Jesus to watch Jesus do what Jesus does. And what I'm asking is, church, could we have that kind of faith? I wonder if we could have some faith for our families. I wonder if we could have some faith for our friends. I wonder if we could have some faith for our city. I wonder if we could have some faith for our state. Oh, I know. Some of you are like, it's California. If I get the mic just a little more up down here. Um, in California, we don't got faith for California. I'm asking you, come on. Let's have some faith for California. Amen? Uh, some of you, listen, you've lost faith and you've lost hope for the nation. I'm telling you today, would you let God steer back inside of your heart, stir up your heart's place where you got some, you gotta have some faith for your nation. Jesus saw their faith and healed that man. And today I want you to walk out of here full of the faith that these guys had. Can I pray for you? God, we do ask that you would give us faith. Faith like these guys, these four friends that bring their friend to Jesus. And God, I pray that you would help us as a church to understand today the importance of what we're looking at, God. The, 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 the priority you place, God, on, on seeing lost kids come home the priority you place on seeing people forgiven and healed. And God, the, the part that you call us to play in all of it. So speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Amen and amen. Jesus is calling us as a church to have some faith. We, we've been in a season, a series together. I'm calling it a, a, a season series. It's not just a series, it's a season. We're in a season together as a church. And what we're doing in this season is, as a church, we're moving beyond, amen? Like, we gotta get beyond. First, we gotta get beyond ourselves and get beyond our strength. And we've been doing that in these last uh, 14 days of prayer. But now what I wanna invite you to, church, is we gotta learn to get beyond who's here. Beyond who's here. And to do that, we gotta, we gotta catch, catch a vision. We gotta catch a vision. Someone write down, catch a vision. See, these Four friends saw their friend healed because they had a certain kind of faith. Jesus saw their faith. What, what kind of faith did Jesus see in them? Jesus saw them with a faith to catch a vision. Tell your neighbor, say, you gotta catch a vision. Come on, catch a vision. Tell me, you gotta catch a vision, gotta catch a vision. And what do I mean by the fact that they, they caught a vision? See, I think this whole story starts out with a guy, one guy, who had a friend, and his friend is paralyzed. His friend can't walk. And maybe he'd been hanging out with his friend for a really long time, and he knew his friend had, had, a, had this problem, and he knew his friend had been struggling with this for a long time, and he knew his friend kind of, you know, obviously had, maybe had gone to some doctors to try to get healing, and got to some other things, that, trying to find hope, and nothing's kind of worked out, and he's still got a friend who's, who's paralyzed. And he'd been around his, you know, his paralytic friend for a really long time. But one day he woke up and something was different. You gotta turn it on. Check one, two, there we are. So this guy one day wakes up and he says, you know what? I don't think it has to be this way forever for my friend. I think that things can be different for my friend. And someone say, he caught a vision? 
got a vision. He said, I know this is how my friend is today, but I know someone named Jesus. And his heart was filled with faith enough to catch a vision, to say, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to stay this way. It doesn't, doesn't have to remain this way. He, he caught a vision. And church, I, I, I want to push us as a church to be willing to have faith enough to catch a vision, to catch a vision for, man, catch a vision for our city, catch a vision for our families, to catch a vision for our friends, to, to catch a vision for our schools. And here's how it works when you catch a vision. It works like, the, at first, you, you got to see things, you got you to gotta see the reality of what is. See, if you're going to catch a vision, you first have to see the reality of what is. You can't ignore it. It's not like the, the friend of the paralytic walked around and goes, my friend's okay. He's okay. And it was like, no, he's not okay. No, no, he is okay. He's okay. He didn't, he didn't pretend like it wasn't there. And I think that's very important. If we're ever going to catch a vision, the first thing you got to do is, is face the reality of what is. I mean, we've got to face the reality that the friends that are close to you but are far from God, it's not okay. I think a lot of us tell ourselves, oh, they're okay. They got their own thing. They, they do things their own way. And maybe church isn't for them. And maybe Jesus isn't for them. Are you kidding me right now? Like, it's not okay. And, and, and if I'm going to catch a vision for them and be a part of, of, of seeing some lost kids come to know Jesus, to see, see those who are far from God come near to God, well, I, I have to face the reality that it's just not okay. I'm telling you right now, friends, when, when people are not walking with God, when people do not yet know Jesus, so you can go and, and try to absorb from this life all that this life has to offer, all that this world has to offer, and you can go try to be fulfilled with everything in this world. And you might have, you might have a good life, you might even have a, a good marriage, you might even have a good job, you might, but I'm telling you, it's nowhere near what God intends for that life when Jesus is not a part of that life. Because Jesus wants to give our friends and give our family and give our city more than just a, a good life. Jesus said, I want to give life and life more abundantly, literally life through the roof that they've been hitting their head up against. And when our friends don't yet know Jesus, when there's people around us who have not yet come to the place where they've surrendered their life to him, I'm telling you that they're not really truly living life at all. It's not life until it's life with Jesus. Amen? And so I got to catch a vision i got to see things the way they are. And I can't, i got to allow myself to, to just face the reality that there's people suffering from loneliness all around me, people suffering with depression all around me, that suicide is at an all-time high. It's the second leading cause of death among college students, and it's tripled in the last 15 years among those 15 to 24 years of age. Like, I've got to see the reality. Like, that's not okay. Amen? It's just not okay. I can't be standing next to people who are paralyzed and be like, oh, well, I guess this, that's just the way it's going to be. I guess that's just what life is, is, has handled, handed. I got to start paying attention to the people around me. Come on, I, I, I want you right now, in your mind, to think about the places that God has put you. And I want you to hear me. God has not put you there on accident. That is your God-ordained sphere of influence. That is your God-ordained mission field. And you need, and I need, to face the reality of what's going on. You kind of have a hunch that maybe something's going on in a friend's marriage. I'm going to tell you that the Spirit of God gave you that hunch. 
Because God put you there to be a part of the healing he wants to bring to that marriage. You got, some of you got some, some kids that have wandered away and you have for so long now been doing your best to see them come home and they haven't and you got to a place now where you're just kind of getting to a spot where, well, I guess it's just, it's just the way it's gonna be. And I'm telling you, listen, friends, no. It doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't have to continue that way. You need to catch a vision. You got to look at what is, but then start dreaming about what could be. See, this is where vision starts. I go, here's what is, but let's think about what could be. Here's what is. He's not walking, but I know somebody named Jesus. And I wonder if I get him around Jesus, if Jesus will heal him, if Jesus will help him, if Jesus will make him whole again. I, I wonder if I could just maybe get him around Jesus and all of a sudden their heart starts to fill with vision. Why? Because they've looked at what is and they started to dream about what could be. And you and I need to do that in every sphere of influence God has put around us. So think about that for your workplace. Look at what is. Think about what could be. Like, look at the schools right now, students in school right now, like your high school or your, or your junior high. Like, think about what is, well, there's a dark cloud over our school and kids are suffering with depression like never before. Suicide rates are, are, are higher than ever before and this is what is. Listen, when you catch a vision, you don't just see what is, you start to think about what could be. If I can get them around Jesus, Jesus can heal them, Jesus can help them, Jesus can bring hope, Jesus can, right? And all of a sudden I start to get some vision. If I don't have vision, if I'm not willing to see what is and dream about what could be, I just become okay with, it's okay with everything. And I'm telling you, friends, church, it's not okay to be okay with everything. Like, I'm not okay with the violence in our nation. I'm not okay with the fact that we still, you know, wrestle with, struggle with racism. I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not okay with, with kids feeling like they have no hope. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not okay. I've caught a vision, a vision of seeing people come to know Jesus. Like this guy caught a vision for his friend. See, Jesus saw their faith. What kind of faith was it? It's a faith that caught a vision. Tell your neighbor, say, catch a vision, catch a vision. Come on, tell him, say, catch a vision, catch a vision. I'm going to see what is. I'm going to dream about what could be. And ultimately... The vision that we need to catch is the vision of Jesus. Do you know what Jesus' vision is? Like, if you were to interview Jesus today, okay, we bring Jesus. So, Jesus, we'd like to interview you. Uh, Jesus, what's your vision? Because wouldn't you guys agree that if we're going to catch a vision, we should probably catch his vision? Yeah. Right? Amen? Matter of fact, do you know that if a church is healthy and a church is strong, they're not, they're not living out their vision. They're living out his vision. Like when, when we planted Citizens Church, I, Tate and I get to work with church planners all the time and I always love it. because So we've been working on our vision and I always go, hold up. We don't get to come to the table with a vision. Jesus already has a vision and his vision just needs a church. Amen. And so what we need to figure out is not, what's our vision? I need to figure out what's his vision. If I'm going to catch a vision, I need to catch his vision. Okay, so Jesus, what's your vision? Like, Jesus, why did you even come to the, this planet? Like, what, what was on your mind? What, what were you thinking? What, what's your vision? And Jesus would say this in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus said this, the son of man came to, listen, seek and to save the lost. 
Jesus, what are you doing here? I'm just here seeking and saving the lost. Jesus, anything you want to add? Nope. Just seeking and saving the lost. That's all that's on my mind. That's all that's on my heart. That's why I came. It's why I lived. It's why I went to the cross. It's why I rose again. It's why, it's, Jesus, this is all I'm doing. I'm just seeking and, and saving the lost. And so as a church, if I'm going to catch a vision, I need to catch his vision. And his vision is to seek and to save the lost. I called this part of our series, Getting Beyond Who's Here. Because when we catch the vision of Jesus, what happens is we realize that the church is not just for those who are here, it's for those who are not here yet. Amen? Can I get a better amen? It's for those who are not here yet. And we can't get confused thinking that, but that the church is all about who's here, who's here, and, 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 it, and it's all about you know, us doing us. No, it's not about us doing us, it's about us going after them. Amen? That's where his heart is. I'm going to talk next week about what happens when we don't understand the vision of Jesus, how we get lost in little rabbit trails of maybe church is about this and maybe church is about, you got to come back next week. But know that if we don't catch his vision, we, we, end up, we, end up getting, we end up getting lost. We end up making it about things that Jesus never made it about. Jesus made it about going and finding lost kids. You, you still don't believe me. Let me show it to you very, very clear. In Luke chapter 15, we're going to catch a vision. We're going to catch his vision. What's his vision? Seek and save the lost. Luke 15, it says this. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. So we got a whole bunch of people in the church, 99, and there's one of them that's missing. There's this one person that's lost. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? it says, and when he has found it, he will joyful carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together all his friends and all his neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. When that sheep was lost, that shepherd, all he could think about is finding that lost sheep. It says, in the same way, watch this, it's a parable, it's on a story about what? In the same way, there is more joy in heaven. Someone say more joy. Someone say more joy. Jesus says, there is more joy in heaven over the one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What is Jesus saying? That the church does not exist for those who are here, but for those who are not here yet. And once you are here, you exist for those who are not here yet. He's calling us on to mission. He's calling us to catch a vision, a vision for the one lost that needs to come home. And by the way, the one lost is in your neighborhood. The one lost is, is somewhere in your family. The one lost is somewhere in your workplace or at your school. Jesus says there's 99 and we're glad we got the 99, but we got to go find the one. Why? Because the one is lost. It's what the shepherd is constantly thinking about. And if we're going to have the faith of these guys to see our friends made whole, we have to have the faith that catches his vision to see lost people come home. Amen? Yeah. Church, are you with me this morning? Amen? So, like, how many mom and daddies out there, and raise your hand, have ever, 
Let me see your hand. Let me see. I mean, anyone, got, anyone got some kids in the house? Let me see you got some kids. Let me see your hands. Okay, you got some kids. Okay. How many of you have ever like, misplaced a kid for a little bit? Like they kind of wandered away? That's okay. You can admit it. You can admit it. You're still a good parent. I've done it too. I've done, my hand is up with you. My hand is up with you. Now, when your kid is lost, what's the only thing you could think about? Come on, I'm gonna find my kid. Like there's not, you don't wanna talk about anything else. You're not like, you're not like just casually planning the rest of your day. And what, no, you're like, I'm, everything stops until we find that kid. Tate and I were out at the beach with our kids out in uh, Newport. And uh, how old was Ryan when this happened? Let's make up something, it'll sound good. Seven or eight, no, don't make it up. She's about seven or eight years old. And someone says, we're sitting on a blanket enjoying the beach and all this. And someone says, where's Raya? And you know, parents, you've, you've been there, right? Before you go, yeah, where, where is Raya? And you're kind of cool about it. Like, so like, Raya, Raya, you're just kind of cool. Raya, and, there's no, and you're looking around. She's not in your peripheral. You can't find her anywhere. And so all of a sudden, your voice goes from Raya to Raya. Hey, Raya, Raya, Raya. And then you go from you looking for Raya to you got, hey, can you help me? We gotta, we gotta find Raya. And pretty soon everybody you're running into, you're sending them on, on a, they're part of your search committee. Like, what's your name? Great. You're gonna help me find Raya. Her name's Raya. She looks about, she's about this high. She's a cute little blonde. She run around here somewhere, but you're gonna help me find Raya. Okay, find Raya. Your kids come to you. Someone come to you and they wanna do something. Like, like listen, we're not playing Frisbee right now. We're not worried about lunch right now. We're gonna to go find Raya, all right? I'm going to say Raya, Raya. We're going to go find Raya. So you're going, Raya, Raya. Pretty soon, everybody, I'm, I'm walking up and down the beach. Everybody I meet, hello, what's your name? Yeah, you're going to help me find Raya. That's your job right now. That's all I want to talk about. You go in the water, you go find it. I don't want to get in the water. Get in the water. Go find Raya. You, I'm, I'm like bossing people around just the whole beach. I'm like, Life, dear lifeguard, can you get on your walkie thing? Find Raya. We're going to announce this. We're going to every, now, I've got, I've got half a mile of beach. I'm moving to a mile, and we are looking for Raya, and I still cannot find Raya. And your mind is wandering, and you're wondering, and you're worried, and you know, parents, you're trying to not let your mind go there. And I'm just crying out to God, and I'm praying. I look down the beach, and my Raya, I kid you not, and I'm making this up, is, is on her knees with her friend Charisma, and they're facing each other down like this, and they're praying together. So as much as I was looking for her, she was looking for me. (laughs) And I think there's a truth in that. I think we have a lot of friends. They might not even know it, but man, they're looking for home. They they just, they don't know how to explain it, but they they know they're lost. And there's something inside them just crying out like, I just got to find a place that stops, that just feels like home, that doesn't, feel like depression and it doesn't feel like emptiness. It, I, I just, I need to find a place. And I look up, I see my little girl. And I Raya! 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 She goes, Daddy, you're crying. Daddy! She comes running up to me. I give her a big old hug and I'm just holding my baby. We're crying together. And I'm telling you, friends, nothing mattered more than finding Raya. And I was there was more joy in finding my one than my two that were just hanging out back then. 
And if my two at any minute walked up and said, Dad, what's for lunch? I'd have said, shut your mouth, go find. It don't matter. All that matters right now is finding Raya. There wasn't one moment where I stopped and went, well, I guess we got two left. (laughs) And I tell you that story so you get the heart of Jesus. When he shares about the, the shepherd who's got the 99, but there's still the one missing, I'm trying to get you to understand it. Like, he, he's like, I, yeah, I love the 99. Man, I, I love Elias and I love Cadence, but we got to find Raya. Do you understand? He's like, I got my 99, but if you want to help me, you're more than welcome to. But right now, while we have breath in our lungs and time on this earth, nothing matters more than finding the lost kids and seeing them come home. In Jesus' name, amen? We do not just exist for who's here. We exist for those who are not here yet. Jesus saw their faith and healed the man. What kind of faith did they have? They had the faith to catch a vision, a vision for their friend, a vision for a paralytic, couldn't walk, couldn't get to Jesus on his own, a vision to see his life different, to see his life changed, a vision to see your family different, your extended family different, Vision to see your neighborhood different, your workplace different. Where's God giving you influence? You got to have some vision to see it different. And how is it different? Because I have taken anyone within my sphere of influence and helped them just get to Jesus. I caught a vision. I saw where they were and said to myself, they don't need to stay there. I can see them get some help. I can see some lost kids come home. And this man, the paralytic's friend, It all started with him just catching a vision. Doesn't have to stay this way. The faith to think that way. Someone say, catch a vision. Someone say, catch a vision. I want you to think through the places God has put you. And as a church, as an individual, start catching a vision. I'm telling you, friends, it doesn't have to stay that way. The places that God has put you, he's put you there for a reason. That is your sphere of influence. Those are the people that need you to catch a vision for their life and have some faith to start moving them to Jesus. So the the faith that these guys had was the faith, first of all, to catch a vision. But then I love this. They got the faith, they're just going to do whatever it takes. They're going to do what it takes. Tell your neighbor, say, do what it takes. Do what it takes. Do what it takes. Do what it takes. So they catch a vision and then this guy, he's like, I'm going to do what it takes to get my friend to Jesus. Okay? Now I'm filling in the blanks a little bit, but I need you to go with me. I think that this whole thing probably started with one guy who had a friend that couldn't walk. And the one guy is like, man, we're going we're gonna to see this different. And I'm going to get you, I, I know this guy, I heard about this guy named Jesus. I'm going to get you to Jesus. And He runs into his first obstacle. And what's that first obstacle? His friend can't walk. Like, how do you get your friend who can't walk over to where Jesus is at this house that's packed out somewhere? We don't even know how far away. So he's got to start thinking to himself, like, I got to get him to Jesus, but he can't walk. Here's what he didn't do. He didn't go, man, oh, I I guess this isn't going to work. 
you can't walk, and I, I guess we're stuck. That's not what he did. He didn't do that. You say, come on, everybody. Listen, he, he did what it took. He's one, I'm going to do what it takes. And so he's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get creative. And I'm telling you, some of you, gotta, you just got to be willing to do what it takes. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to build a stretcher. What? I build a stretcher. So he goes and he starts building a stretcher. You know, you got the four corners. He gets the mat together. And then he's got the thing there. And he puts his friend on the, on the stretcher. And then he starts pulling on the stretcher. And he's really, I, I can't do this by, my, my, by myself. And, and listen, he doesn't give up there. He's like, I'm going to do what it takes. So what's it going to take? Hmm, I'm going to call some friends. Call some friends. Hey, could you help me? What are you doing today? What are you, you, do you mind coming over? Yeah, yeah, I, I got a friend. I got to get him to Jesus. And it's going to take more than just me. Like, I'm wondering, like, if you can do your part too. So, like, we all, we're all going to grab a corner, and we're all going to do whatever we got to do to get our friend to Jesus. His friends all show up. And like, what do you need? So you grab that corner, you grab that corner. You grab, Come on, let's go. And they grab it, and they're doing whatever it takes. They're going to get him to Jesus. They're going to get him to Jesus. going to get him to Jesus. They get all the way to where Jesus is, and they are greeted by a house that is packed out. You can't even see Jesus through the door. And what they didn't do was, well, we tried. Church packed out today. There's no seats, I guess. guess it wasn't meant to be, you know. No, they're like, we're going to do what it takes. And, and, and I, again, I, I think it's one of the guys that's kind of like leading the way. He turns to his friends and go, the friends are like, hey, man, it, I don't know what we're going to do. Jesus can't see us. Like, it's a whole thing. And his friend's like, oh, no, we're not stopping. We're not, we, are, we are not. I got a vision of getting my friend to Jesus. And I'm not going to let the crowds bug me. Like, I'm not going to let them push me. I'm not, we're going to. Let's go on the roof. They're like, on the roof? On the roof. How are we going to get our paralyzed friend on the roof? Think about that for a second. Like, how does that happen? They're like, pushing him up. The guy, just like, and here's the funny thing. We don't even know if the guy wanted to go to Jesus. Like, the whole time, he could have been like, hey, everybody, no, I'm good. I'm good. And they're like, he's like, no, you're not good. That's why we're getting you. To, like, you might not want to go, but we're going to get you there anyway. You're, we're going to, listen, we're going to do whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. So they get all the way there. They start lifting him up. They get him over on top of the, on top of the roof. The guy's going, I, can you guys just take me home? Can you please just take me home? And he goes, no, you're not going home. You're going to Jesus. And they start digging in, in the roof of, of this building that Jesus is preaching in, this, this house that Jesus is preaching in. So picture it, everybody. Jesus is teaching, just teaching. And all of a sudden, you're hearing it from the roof. You know, and you kind of look up like this, and there's a hole starting to be dug through the ceiling of this home that they're in. Jesus keeps teaching, and he's smiling. And pretty soon, this guy just... On ropes, just coming down. Can you take me home? This is coming down. And it says, Jesus, watch, saw their faith and forgave the man. Here's my question. How did Jesus see their faith? Was it like Jesus had like a faith scan real quick? They got faith. Jesus saw their faith because he was getting hit in the head with ceiling tiles. He saw their faith because there's a paralyzed man hanging in front of him. He saw their faith and forgave the man. 
He responded to this audacious faith just to get your friend in front of Jesus, just to get your friend to the place where they can meet with Jesus, be with Jesus, if I could just get them to Jesus. Friends, we gotta have that do-whatever-it-takes kind of faith to get our friends to Jesus. Some of us will, will invite somebody, should come with me to church? No. <sighs> they said no. You invite again, and you invite again, you invite again. Well, they don't want to go to church. Buy them a Bible. Put their name on it in gold. They can't throw that away. Just that whatever it takes kind of faith. Why? Because I got a vision. I'm not giving up on you. You could tell me no a hundred times, and I'm going to keep inviting you a hundred times because someday you're going to wake up and realize you need more than what this world is giving you, and you're going to be able to come to me, and I'm going to take you to him. So what I want you to think of, what I want you to think of when you think of me is you're going to think of me getting you around Jesus. Whenever you're around me, I just want you to know my agenda. It's all up front. My agenda is to get you to, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to come with me to know Jesus. It doesn't mean I'm going to be all weird every day at work. I'm normal and I'm loving and I'm here for you. But you want to talk? We're going to talk about Jesus. You want to talk about what's happening in your life and in your marriage and with your kids and all that's going on in your life? Here, I can only offer you that which can really help you. And his name is Jesus. And so if you get around me, I'm going to get you around Jesus. Because, see, we don't exist for who's here. We exist for those who are not here yet. We don't just think about who's here. We think about those who are not here yet. Why? Because that's what the great shepherd is thinking about all the time. So that's what I'm going to think about all the time. Someone say, catch a vision. Someone say, do what it takes. So I'm going to invite my friends. I'm going to bring my friends. I'm going to spread the word. Because, listen, I'm not just inviting people to come hear a great band. I mean, we got a great worship team, everybody. Come on, amen, like we do. We do, unapologetically. Half the people like our worship team. That's incredible. But I, honestly, like, okay, so I'm not just inviting you to come hear a great worship band. Or, you know, and you got kids, you're going to come, and the kids are going to have a great a great program, and we have one of the best. I, th I think we have one of the, the best around. Kayla and the team, they're, they're crushing it. We have a great kids program, but I'm not just inviting you to come hear a great band or to come, kids, kids come experience a great program or, or come, come hear a guy that every now and then can preach okay. Like, you, I'm inviting you not just to come to those things. Listen, I'm inviting you to get around Jesus. So I'm doing this not just because of those things, but because I believe if I can get someone in, in the presence of Jesus and get around the things of Jesus, that Jesus will get a hold of that life, change that life, forgive that life, heal that life, bring, bring wholeness to that life. I'm gonna do my part. Come on, do my part. And just getting people to Jesus. I, let me talk to the C team for a second. Where are you at? Anyone on a team in this place? Come on, let me hear you. Woo, 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 woo. Where are you at? If you're on a team, say hello. If you're on a team, say hello. There you are. Why do we do what we do? Like, we don't, we don't do what we do just because we got nothing else to do. We do what we do because we're getting people around Jesus. And so we'll set up 
and we'll show up and we'll smile and we'll welcome. We'll help you find your seat. We'll love on your kids. We'll help you cross the street. We'll tear it down and we'll do it all again next week. Why? Because I'm not just tearing down and I'm not just helping people cross streets and I'm not just working with kids. I'm not just, listen, I'm not just doing what it looks like I'm doing. I'm not just helping you find your seat. I'm actually helping people get around Jesus. And so why do I keep doing it? Because it's bigger than what it looks like I'm doing. What I'm doing is trying to get some people around Jesus. Because if I could get them around Jesus, there's no telling what he'll do. But I'm just going to have the faith to catch a vision, do whatever it takes. I'll keep setting up. I'll keep tearing down. I'll keep setting up and tearing down until God gives us a building. In Jesus' name. And when that happens... Sorry to break it to you. We'll probably start setting up and tearing down somewhere else with another camp. I mean, it just will. Why? Because this isn't about me and my comfort zone and what it's about. Come on. It's getting some people around Jesus. So I'm going to catch a vision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what it takes. Hey, and then we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. You know, what needed to be done couldn't be done alone. It was a team effort, wasn't it? It was a team effort. One guy couldn't have got his friend to Jesus by himself. It was going to take a team. Like, when there's a stretcher, you know, you got one guy's got the corner, and he's pulling. But then you're going to, I need someone else here on that corner, and I need someone on that corner. And he's, I, I need a lot of people involved to, to get this man to Jesus, you see? And I, I, I wonder what would happen if we all did our part. Like, I'm gonna do my part, but w- w- would you do your part? Would you invite and would you pray? Would you bring? Would you, would you serve? Would you, we, you know, we're gonna give, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna keep on keeping on. We're gonna we're all do our part. And as we do, listen, we start to move people forward to Jesus. If it's just like we're all sitting around watching one person do their part, I'm telling you, we're not moving anybody because it's never meant to be about one person. It's never meant to be about a staff or a preacher or a a worship leader, and we're all watching them. Go get them to Jesus. No. It's like, okay, they're doing that part, and and I'm going to do my part. So here's the question. What's your part? When you play your part, when you take your corner, we start moving people closer and closer to the one that people need to meet. So you invite and you bring and, and, and I'll prepare and then our, our people in the parking lot are going to smile and some are going to start small groups and you're going to lead C groups and, and our crews and other, we're just going to serve in the way that God has called us to serve. And we'll move people together all the way to Jesus. We'll do what we can do. We'll do all that we can do. And when we've done all that we can do, you watch Jesus show up and do all that we can never do. Those guys could not have healed that man, right? They couldn't do it. And the things you want to see happen in your friend's life, what you want to see happen in our city, I'm telling you, church, we can't do, we can't do it on our own. Like what they need is a touch from Jesus. But what I can do is my part. 
And when I do my part and I, and I take my corner, so to speak, and I pay attention to the sphere of influence that God put around me and I, I catch a vision and start doing whatever it takes, when, when I do everything I can to get him to Jesus, I do all I can do, I end up watching Jesus do all that I can never do. And I'm telling you, that's how it works. Every life in here that has been changed by the power of God, every life in here that now has a relationship with Jesus, every life in here that is living life and life more abundantly, I'm telling you, you are living that life and life more abundantly because somebody was willing to play a part, to pick up a corner of the stretcher, to to push through the obstacles, to, to work through whatever came their way to get you to Jesus. And then Jesus did in your life what only Jesus can do in your life. But what he did in your life, he did through the people he put around your life. Is this making sense? And just getting you to him. Every one of us have friends, come on, that God used to get us around the things of Jesus. And I just want to set us free as a church to realize that there is, there is more God wants to do around you. What if what God has been doing inside of you over these last couple months his last couple of years, all that stuff that he's been showing you about himself and how you've been growing in him and walking with him. What if all the stuff God has been doing inside of you isn't just for you? What if it's for the people that God put around you? God has brought some of you out of some old friend groups and he, that were trapped in a whole bunch of stuff and now you've found hope and you've found healing and you're, and you're walking in, in the way that God's called you to walk and you've discovered life and life more abundantly. But friends, what if what God is doing inside of you isn't just for you? What if it's actually for some of them? And God now is wanting you to stay strong. You're not falling back in, but you're gonna start bringing some of them along, inviting them around the things of Jesus so that you can watch God do in them what you saw him do inside of you. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus is illustrating his vision. And he says this, so the master said, master said, go into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come. The master's throwing a party, he's throwing a feast, and he's like, here's your job, invite anyone you find to come. He says, so that my house can be full. How does Jesus want his house? Full. Go invite everyone. And that's what we do. We want to get people around the master, around the, around the feast. Just says, keep, keep going until it's full. That's his heart. So we, we never get to say to ourselves as a church, we never get to say, well, you know, it's not about the numbers. I, 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 I very much dislike that, to say it gently. Because that's not the heart of Jesus. You think Jesus is up there going, it's not about the numbers. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, Jesus is all about, it's all about lots of people coming to know me. Keep inviting, keep bringing. Until so, so there's not one person who hasn't been invited. Until so there's not one person who hasn't met Jesus. Until so the, so there's not one person who hasn't found the hope that you could only find in him. Until so there's not, not one, one friend who, who hasn't come home. One kid who hasn't come home. We keep going, keep pushing. Until all have heard and all have come to know 
Jesus. Why? Because it's not just about full churches or full buildings. It's about full lives. It's about marriages at full. It's about relationships at full. It's about kids living at full. It's about, it's about a, a church experiencing community at full. It's about us living at full. Jesus said it this way. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Full, full, full. It's not just about buildings. It's about people, people experiencing fullness. We don't exist just for who's here, but for those who are not here yet, until everybody is full. Amen? And so where has God given you influence? Where has God put you? Catch a vision. Do what it takes. Come on. And just play your part. But do it together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on.